Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another bonus episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year, every year. That's right, all 365 days per year and all 366 days per leap year. And thanks again for joining us for a Friday installment of another Christmas story, a very special Black Friday installment. This week's chapter, chapter 43, will be read to you by the always amazing and always hilarious Mike Westfall of Advent Calendar House. Before I hand it off to him, however, I did just want to take a moment to say Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you all had an amazing one. As I'm sure you've gathered, this is why this episode is a day later than usual, dropping on a Friday instead of a Thursday, because yesterday we obviously dropped our once Patreon-exclusive episode in which we covered Freeform's original Thanksgiving movie, Turkey Trap. So, not wanting to leave you without your weekly dose of another Christmas story, because I know how much y'all love it, I decided to make this a special Black Friday edition of the book. So, I hope y'all enjoy it. I hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving with your loved ones. I hope you're all having a wonderfully relaxing long weekend. And I hope you do all know that Tom, Julia, and myself are thankful for each and every one of you. We love you more than you know. The show wouldn't be what it is today without all of your constant love and support. So we are seriously grateful for you all, for the fact that you tune in week in and week out to listen to our show, to comment on our posts, and all of that stuff. And I'm especially grateful that you've taken this year-long journey, which is nearly at its end, of tuning in each and every week to listen to this book and seeing where this story and these characters go. So having said that, I'm going to pass it over to Mike now to read to y'all chapter 43 of our tale, entitled God Rescue Merry Gentlemen. Enjoy! Hey, this is Mike Westfall. I hope you're having a lovely Thanksgiving, and I hope you'll join me next week for a brand new season of my podcast, The Advent Calendar House, covering 12 classic and not-so-classic holiday specials that I'll be dropping every other day from December 2nd all the way until a very special episode on Christmas Eve. I'm very excited about it, and it all starts in one week. So if that sounds like your jam, you can find the Advent Calendar House conveniently at adventcalendar.house. And now, another Christmas story. Chapter 43 God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen December 25th, 
12.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Just before midnight, after watching the elevator close at the very end of the plaza's 12th floor hallway that obscured Mary from view, and turning off the television set that had been playing a Christmas story, Joey downed three tiny bottles of champagne from the hotel room's minibar in quick succession and allowed himself to fall on the enormous, extremely comfortable, king-sized bed. He considered running after Mary for only the briefest of moments before thinking better of it. He was convinced she'd come back on her own sooner rather than later. She had to. Where else would she go? Joey felt crappy about the fight they had just had, and he blamed himself for it. Just like that fateful Christmas Eve ten years prior, he had once again potentially ruined any chance that he and Mary had at remaining friends, let alone potentially becoming something more, by making the woman feel unwanted and invalidated. Maybe, had he not flirted with her all day, he could have prevented the situation from spiraling out of control the way it did. Then again, Mary had flirted with him all day as well, and he was fairly sure she had started it. But still, the woman was pregnant and hormonal. He couldn't blame her entirely for her actions. And it was this fact which fanned a tiny flame of anger within Joey. Why the hell did Mary consider him such a bad guy for doing the right thing and slamming the brakes on something he believed they would regret come morning? They were both in overly emotional states due to what was going on in their personal lives. Whatever unresolved feelings or pent-up sexual frustrations that existed between the two of them would just have to wait until they were both in more stable places. He couldn't understand why Mary was unable to grasp that. Because you kissed her, you idiot, the voice in the back of his head reminded him. Despite the warnings of Ryan and Natalie, Despite the warnings of your parents and the misgivings that both you and Mary felt, you fell into that kiss. You held her hand all day. Whatever you feel about her, by rebuffing her, you made her feel used. You made her feel as though she had been led on. Sighing deeply, Joey pulled his phone from his pocket, dialed Mary's number, and placed it to his ear. After listening to the phone ring a few times... He was sent to voicemail. Hi, oh, you've reached Mary Holiday. I can't come to the phone right now. Smirking grimly to himself, Joey hung up the phone before the beep sounded, signaling to him that it was time to leave a message. He didn't know what he wanted to say to Mary except, I'm sorry, and he didn't want to leave a recording expressing that. So instead, he threw his phone onto the bedside table and closed his eyes as he settled back into the incredibly soft hotel pillows. He didn't know how long he laid there with his eyes closed, but at some point he began to drift in and out of a restless sleep until there was a loud knock on the door of the room. The sudden sound caused Joey to bolt upright, his heart racing. As he pushed himself out of bed and practically bounded across the room, he called out, Mary? He was disappointed, however, when he wrenched open the door to find the hotel porter Gabe standing in the hall holding a bottle of champagne and two crystal glasses. Deflated, he noted, Oh, it's you. You ordered room service? Gabe held out the champagne and the two glasses for Joey to take, but the man who originally hailed from Queens merely stared down at the objects with a bemused expression. I think you have the wrong room, pal. Confused, Gabe furrowed his eyebrows. 
My apologies. I thought... It's fine, Joey interrupted. Really? He made to close the door, but Gabe shoved his foot into the gap between it and its frame to prevent it from closing fully. Annoyed, Joey asked, What the... What are you doing? I ran into Miss Holiday in the lobby earlier, Gabe began. Quite literally, actually, he laughed. She seemed quite distressed. Is everything all right? Everything's fine, thanks, Joey insisted, annoyed by the porter's fishing expedition and pushing against the man's foot in order to close the door, to no avail. Are you sure? Gabe pressed. She was rather... I don't see why it's any of your business, frankly, Joey interrupted, clearly frustrated. If I were you, I'd go back downstairs, find out which room actually ordered the champagne, and deliver it to them. Now good night. Have a Merry Christmas. And before the red-headed man could say another word, Joey forced the door closed and turned the lock in a loud, extremely satisfying manner before pulling the latch closed across the top of it. Annoyed that he had been roused from his light, restless sleep, Joey turned and made his way back to the bed when a voice sounded from behind him. Now that's no way to treat anybody on Christmas, is it? Joey jumped at the words and whipped around to find Gabe standing inside of the hotel room, staring at him coldly. What? I expected better, frankly. Gabe continued nonchalantly, stepping further into the room, away from the still-locked and latched door. Given how much you love the holiday and all. How did you get in here? Joey slowly backed away toward the room's window. This is a gross invasion of privacy, you know. I'm sorry about that, but we need to talk, Gabe informed him. Then, taking a deep breath and opening his arms wide, he said simply, I'm an angel of the Lord. A dramatic pause followed the declaration, during which the hotel employee stared at the hotel guest uncertainly, waiting to see how he'd react. To his credit, Joey took a moment to process the absurd-sounding statement, before he asked with a snort of derision, An angel? In the flesh, Gabe winked before mulling over his wording and amending, so to speak. Then, after placing the two champagne flutes down on the wooden bureau directly across from the bed, he popped open the bottle of bubbly and began to fill both glasses. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy for not only you and Mary, but also for the world. Gently placing the bottle of champagne down on the polished surface of the bureau, Gabe picked up the two glasses and extended an arm to allow Joey to take one. Tonight... In the city of New York, a child will be born in the middle of a snowstorm and be laid in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. And while it won't be a savior or the second coming of Christ, it will serve as a cheerful and poignant reminder to the rest of the planet of the true spirit and meaning of Christmas. Gabe smiled, his arm still extended, proffering the glass of champagne to Joey, who blanched at the words. Figuring the man needed a little prompting, Gabe took another step forward and teasingly reiterated, This is good news, hence the celebratory champagne. The words shook Joey from his silence. Laughing in disdain, he replied, You're nuts! So if you think I'm drinking that... He warily eyed the golden liquid. I don't know if you poisoned it or something. 
Reluctantly turning his back on Gabe, he made the pull open the curtains drawn across the window so that he and the hotel employee would be visible to anyone looking into the room from the outside. Before he could, however, Gabe noted, Looks like we're going to have to do this the hard way. When suddenly, a blinding, bright, white light filled the room. Ah! Joey closed his eyes shut tight and threw up his hands in front of them to shield any of the light from getting under his eyelids. What the hell? Fear not. Gabe's voice was much deeper now and echoed loudly throughout the room. Let nothing you affright. Whipping around, Joey opened his eyes and gasped at the sight that awaited him, which caused him to fall backwards onto the floor where he stared up at the figure with mingled fright and awe. No longer wearing his hotel uniform, the man's chest was now bare, revealing perfectly sculpted pectorals, abs, and arms, while a white tunic was fastened around his waist, covering up the bottom half of his body and offering him a modicum of privacy. Floating in midair above the crown of his head was a polished golden halo from which the bright light currently engulfing the room emanated. Gabe also appeared taller now, standing straight at almost nine feet, and his long red hair flowed down his bare back past his shoulders. From his high vantage point, the man stared down at Joey with piercing hazel eyes, in which both sympathy and anger were evident. Cowering at the man's feet, Joey stammered, What do you want from me? I want you to listen to me with an open mind, Gabe replied. You're a man of faith, are you not? Are you really going to turn away an angel who's appeared before you? Am I dreaming? Joey managed to choke out. Gabe pursed his lips. Perhaps. However, that doesn't make me any less real. Why are you here? Joey demanded. Why have you come to me? Because I want to help you. Gabe took a step closer to the man. And Mary. Pausing for a moment, he shrugged before conceding. And in return, I'm hoping you can help me. How can we help an... Joey's voice drifted off before he could complete the question. Then, his eyes widening, he gasped. <gasps> Gabe, are you... are you THE Gabriel from the Bible? Gabe laughed heartily, and as he did so, he shrank back down to his regular height before Joey's eyes. In addition, the pitch of his voice returned to normal, though the tunic and halo remained. Goodness me, no. Though trust me, being gifted with the name is a lot to live up to. I'm pretty sure I was bestowed with it to have something more to aspire to. After placing the glasses of champagne he was still holding back onto the bureau, he extended a hand to Joey, who reluctantly took it and allowed himself to be helped to his feet. Surely you and Mary must know all about trying to live up to your namesakes. What? You mean... Joey laughed as he brushed himself down. I can't speak for Mary, but I know for a fact that my parents didn't name me after the Joseph in the Bible. Really? Gabe furrowed his eyebrows. Huh. He shrugged. Modern times, I guess. Anyway, he cleared his throat. <clears throat> like I said, I'm here to help you. With what? You and Mary have been my little pet project for the better part of a year now, Gabe explained. You two are meant for one another. 
don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, Joey, because even though she conceived with another man's seed, the baby growing inside of hers will be yours just as much as if it were your own flesh and blood. I can't just, I can't just marry Mary, Joey replied flabbergasted. We hardly know each other anymore. Besides, she's pretty mad at me. She's mad at herself, Gabe interrupted, frustrated. Just like you're mad at yourself. You're both being too hard on yourselves. You always have been. But the fact of the matter is, you need one another. You two bring out the best in one another. Joey shook his head as he let out a laugh of disbelief and began to pace back and forth across the room, sparing Gabe incredulous glances as he did so. To the so-called angel's credit, he patiently waited, watching the man with something akin to concern on his face. Finally, however, he broke the silence by asking, Are you all right? This is a dream, Joey insisted. I'm dreaming. And as I said a few moments ago, Gabe began, that doesn't make this any less real. Come on, man. Joey came to a stop in front of the angel. I know this is a lot to take in, but we have very little time to get through all of this. Gabe glanced at the digital alarm clock beside the bed, which read 12.15 a.m. So let's come at this from a more rational, scientific point of view that your tiny little human brain might be able to comprehend. No offense, he hastily added. You think this is a dream, correct? When Joey nodded, he continued. Well, don't your scientists believe that dreams are your body's ways of coping with things and coming up with solutions to your daily, real-life problems? By that reasoning, even if I am nothing more than a figment of your imagination that your brain has conjured up to help you deal with everything that you've been going through the past 24 hours or so, it doesn't make anything I'm saying any less true. Are you going to doubt your own brain? I doubt my own brain every single day of my life. Joey reached for one of the glasses of champagne on the bureau and held it up, nodding at Gabe. Salud! He sarcastically toasted to the angel before downing the bubbly liquid in one gulp and slamming the crystal flute back down hard onto the wooden surface. Then, after wiping his mouth with the back of his hand, he said, Look, I know that Mary and I have a lot of issues to work out, but that's nothing new. So why are you trying to help us now? When I found out about you two... Gabe started. I decided to try and use my heavenly powers to bring you two to a point of reconciliation, without interfering with your free will. As my, oh, what do you humans call it, final exam of sorts. He smiled to himself, happy that he remembered the term. Your final exam? Joey raised an eyebrow. Think of it as my last step in becoming a full-fledged guardian angel, Gabe explained. If you two manage to reconcile because of me, I'll finally be granted my wings. When Joey continued to look confused, he sighed in frustration. Don't you pride yourself on being Mr. Christmas? Haven't you ever seen It's a Wonderful Life? Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings? That's true? Who do you think gave Philip Van Dorenstern the original nugget of inspiration for that story? You? Joey's mouth dropped open in amazement. Well, no, Gabe sheepishly admitted. Not me, but another one of my kind, an angel like me. So when you said that Mary and I could help you, I meant it, Gabe nodded. If you two can work through whatever differences you have and find a way to be there as a presence for one another in each other's lives, 
I get my wings. But why did you choose us? Joey turned his back on Gabe to peer out of the hotel window at the snowy street below. Surely there are people in this world who need divine intervention more than we do. Millions of people. Hell, I bet there were a few million people in this city alone who need your help more than we do. Or at the very least, as much as we do. Gabe smiled sadly before clapping his hands together. Immediately, the hotel room faded away, and the angel and the human found themselves floating in the middle of the cosmos. Joey let out a panicked scream when he realized they were standing amongst the stars, with purple, pink, golden, and white lights spinning all around them and comets whizzing by, and quickly grabbed onto the angel's arm tightly to prevent himself from drifting away into the nether. The reaction made Gabe laugh before he launched into an explanation. Every angel's biggest regret is that they can't help everybody in need. At the words, images of people from all around the world began to float around them in individual little bubbles. Amongst them, Joey spotted starving children, a woman crying her eyes out as she stood on the ledge of a skyscraper, a dog being abused by its owner, a family of five wearing little more than rags being evicted from their tiny home, and a war veteran attempting to walk again. I'm afraid that only one being can do that, however. The angel nodded pointedly, sending a shiver down the human spine. And you're right. There are a million people in all wakes of life who could use an angel's help. But I chose you. Do you know why? Joey shook his head as bubbles containing him and Liliana, and Mary and a man he assumed was Luke, came into view. As they drew nearer to him, the two bubbles split into four, with the two containing the faces of his ex-fiancee and the father of Mary's baby floating away, leaving those containing the images of Joey and Mary alone, drifting closer together. Because sometimes the greatest love stories on Earth occur between two friends, even if nothing romantic ever develops between them. Gabe answered his own question, as memories of Joey's childhood that contained Mary began to appear in individual bubbles floating around the two of them. And when I saw how close you two used to be, only to have drifted apart over a stupid misunderstanding a decade ago? Well, he shrugged, I thought it was a damn shame. A damn waste, if you will. So I took it upon myself to try and help the two of you fix it to try and get you two to embrace and live up to the very best versions of yourselves that you can be. Again, as I said before, you bring out the best in one another. You always used to, and you'll always be able to. It was at this point that Joey noticed bubbles containing the faces of other people begin to drift into view. Attracted as though by magnet to the bubbles containing the faces of himself and Mary, in one, a forlorn-looking middle-aged black man with a mustache, peering down at what appeared to be a stray dog and a stray cat. In another, a tiny child, no older than ten years old, sitting alone on a bench with a snare drum hanging around his neck and a tiny goat at his side. A third contained the faces of the President of the United States, Emily Williams, in addition to those of the Canadian and English Prime Ministers, Nathan Dubois and Miranda Richardson. The last two contained a couple in each of them. One, an extremely Irish-looking red-headed cop standing beside an Asian officer, 
while the other contained a pretty young college-aged blonde girl holding a microphone in her hand, talking to a tall, bearded, college-aged, beanie-wearing man with a heavy video camera on his shoulder. As all of these bubbles moved closer to those containing the likenesses of he and Mary, Joey asked, Who were all of they? The smile on Gabe's face widened. Let's just say that by helping out you and Mary, I'd also be helping out a handful of others as well. My whole plan was perfectly designed, and I'm hoping the orchestration pans out as well as I plotted it on paper. So far, we seem to be on track. Joey blinked in surprise before asking, How did you find us all? Well, you know how in those Superman comics that you mortals love so much, Superman can just float in space and with a bit of concentration, see and hear things going on all over the world? Joey nodded, which caused Gabe to wink in response. Angels are even better at it. His smile widened. I found Mary first, you know. A newly pregnant woman in a relationship that seemed like it was falling apart a little more each day. Who was self-conscious in her own skin and desperate to make it on her own without her family's help. Even though she was terrified of being alone and terrified at the prospect of raising a child. Plus, I must admit, her case appealed to me on the shallowest of levels. I liked the idea of helping the poor girl who shared the name of Jesus' mother and was due to give birth at the end of December. Gabe shrugged innocently. Anyway, after doing a little bit of digging into her history, I found you. And saw not only how happy you used to make her, but how happy she used to make you. Once I found where you were in the present day and discovered that you were in a failing relationship of your own, struggling to follow your dreams while trying not to burden your family with your personal problems... I realized that you were just as lost as she was. So, I had the brilliant idea of arranging for you to come back into one another's lives in the hopes that you'd find the companionship and comfort that you both desperately craved and deserved. And, upon plotting for your reunion to happen, I realized a few other people in need. He waved his arm around at the bubbles containing the faces of the three world leaders and the other strangers that had drifted into view could have problems of their own solved in the process, and if all went as anticipated, could be inspired by the resolution of this particular chapter of the story of you and Mary Holiday. When Joey stared at him confused, Gabe broke it down even further. I realized I could have history repeat itself. In a sense, anyway. What can I say? He shrugged. It was kismet. And I am this close to pulling it all off and getting my wings, so if we could just expedite the rest of this conversation? I thought you said you didn't want to interfere with our free will, Joey began uncertainly. And I didn't, Gabe insisted. I poked and prodded you two in the right direction along the way, but every decision that led you two into meeting today after a decade of not speaking has been your own. He clapped his hands together again, and all of a sudden, the Cosmos setting disappeared, and he and Joey were standing in room 1225 of the Plaza Hotel once more. Gabe nodded at the digital alarm clock on the bedside table, which now read 12.30 a.m. In case you didn't know, it's officially Christmas. Joey glanced at the clock, surprised. Unsure of what else to say, he muttered, Merry Christmas. Gabe smiled. Time's running out. Mary needs you, Joseph. And just as importantly, you need her. Not just tonight, but always. 
Joey furrowed his eyebrows, mulling over everything he had just learned for a moment before asking, What did you mean when you said that history was about to repeat itself? A Christmas miracle is about to occur, Gabe cryptically informed him. And if all goes as planned, you and Mary will have reconciled in time to experience it together. Mary's mad at me. And you're mad at her, Gabe nodded. We've already been over this. But remember, there's a thin line between love and hate. It's not your first fight and it won't be your last. But you need to go find her, Joey. Nobody should be alone on Christmas. Especially a woman who's nine months pregnant and can pop at any minute. But where will I find her? Joey asked as a bright light began to engulf Gabe's entire form, obscuring him from view. You're a smart guy. I'm sure you'll figure it out. Gabe's voice echoed loudly throughout the hotel room, deep and booming once again. Just think back on what we discussed tonight. You have all the information you need. And if all else fails, just follow the star. Wait, what star? Joey demanded. But it was too late. Gabe had gone. And before the man could even think of what to do next, his phone began to ring loudly from where it rested on the bedside table. As he turned slowly to stare at it, it rang again. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Joey mumbled slowly, reaching for the device. Before he could wrap his hand around it, however, Joey's eyes snapped open, and with a loud gasp, he sat bolt upright in bed, panting heavily, his body drenched in a cold sweat. It was a dream. It had all been a dream. He glanced at the digital clock on the bedside table to see that it read 12.30 a.m. Wondering what had caused him to jerk awake so suddenly, his phone rang loudly again. Before Joey could grab it, however, it stopped just as quickly. Picking it up, his heart sank when he saw that he had 20 missed calls and one voicemail, all from Mary. His mouth dry, he placed the phone to his ear and listened to the message she had left him. Saturday, December 25th, 12.01 a.m. The robotic voice instantly gave way to Mary's, who sounded out of breath and panicked, and whose English accent was giving way more completely to her proper New York one. Joey, my water broke. I don't know what to do. I mean, I obviously need to get to a hospital, but buses aren't running and there are no taxis or other cars on the road. I just, I need help. Please, just, just call me back. His heart racing, Joey dialed Mary's number and was dismayed to be sent immediately to voicemail, indicating that the woman had either turned her phone off or that the phone's battery had died. Cursing, he hopped out of bed and grabbed his coat. He had to find her. He bounded across the room and was halfway through turning the handle of its door when he paused and went pale upon noticing something unusual out of the corner of his eye. Two crystal champagne glasses one full with a bubbly golden liquid, and one drained of its contents, sitting on the polished wooden bureau of the room beside an empty bottle of champagne. Joey stared at the setup in amazement for a few seconds, before a tiny voice in the back of his head screamed, Mary! Shaking his head in order to bring himself back to his senses, Joey wrenched open the hotel door and hurried down the hallway toward the elevator, remembering the last piece of advice that Gabe had given him in his... Was it a dream? Follow the star, Joey mumbled to himself.
Thanks so much for doing that, Mike. That was awesome. And somehow you topped your last recording, which was awesome, and set a new high bar for this story. I say it every week, but I'm going to keep saying it. I am continuously blown away by the talent of our guests who have agreed to help me bring my story to life, as I am continuously blown away by all of you listeners for eagerly taking this year-long journey with us and strapping in for the long haul to see where these characters and this plot goes. I can't believe we are in the endgame now, to quote Doctor Strange. We only have four installments left. Next week's chapter is really the climax of the book. The two chapters after that are really the come down, the resolution, and the final installment is an epilogue. So we are really here at the end, and I hope you enjoy in the coming weeks how this all wraps up. Whether or not you do, however, I do appreciate each and every one of you more than you know for sticking with it this long and sticking with it through the end. I have received some wonderful comments and feedback from all of you, so please keep all that coming. And please, if you're enjoying this story, consider sharing it with your family and friends on your social media feeds while tagging streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, Hallmark, HBO Max, and publishers, maybe, like Scholastic, because, hey, you never know. In order to get it in front of as many ears as possible, that's our goal, to get it in front of as many ears as possible or as many eyes, because the text of each chapter you hear is made available on our website each week as well. So if reading is more of your thing or more of their thing, they can read our weekly installments at www.tisapodcast.com. Why is this our goal? Well, because I want to spread this far and wide. My ultimate goal is to get this published or turned into some kind of Christmas movie or TV show or miniseries. And the more we share it, the more likely that is to happen. Books like The Martian and Fifty Shades of Grey were picked up that way. So, you know, it can happen. So if you could help me in any possible way achieve that dream just by hitting that share button, I would really appreciate it. And I would be thankful for you, even more thankful for you than I already am. Plus, if you do so, you will be entered into a contest to win a 2021 Hallmark Keepsake Ornament called Stocking Stuffers Special Edition which is a cute ornament that features a hamster, a cat, a dog, a rabbit, and a bird with a candy cane and a sprig of holly in a stocking. So check that out. I posted pictures of that ornament on social media a few weeks back. Share it and you'll be entered for a chance to win. And if you enjoy Tis the Podcast proper, if you ever want to comment on a movie or television show we discuss, give us feedback on a specific episode, comment on this book, or just interact with us and other listeners of the show in general, check out our social media feeds. All you have to do to get to each one is go to www.tisapodcast.com forward slash Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, or Facebook group. Our Facebook group is by far the most active of our social media pages. It's busy year-round, and not just with Christmas chatter, although that is obviously our primary focus, especially this time of the year. There's plenty of other talk on there as well, however, about pop culture, comic books, movies, TV shows, memes, and other holidays as well. Especially those other Burr Month holidays we all love, like Halloween and Thanksgiving, which lead up to the most wonderful day of the year itself. However, as we're already in the most wonderful time of the year itself, officially, especially now that we're past Thanksgiving, all of the chatter is about Christmas, which is amazing, and will fill you with that much-needed dose of Christmas cheer you're craving each and every day this time of the year. 
The Facebook group has also kind of become a one-stop shop for many of the Christmas podcasts that you know and love on the Christmas Podcast Network. So not only will you find new episodes of Tis a Podcast there and get to interact with Julia, Tom, and myself there, but every time a new episode drops of one of your other favorite Christmas podcasts, said host usually posts a link to it within the group as well. So you can also find new episodes of Advent Calendar House, Behind the Bells, A Christmas Podcast Podcast, Season's Eatings, Totally Rad Christmas, Christmas Clatter, TGI Podcast, A Cozy Christmas Podcast, Planning for Christmas, all of your favorites located there as well. And you'll also find the hosts of said shows you know and love on the website too. Always willing to interact with anyone and everyone about anything. A mini international Christmas family has formed within that Facebook group with listeners located all around the world. So no matter what time of day you go onto the group looking for a conversation or looking for a chat or looking to start a discussion, someone will usually reply right away. And I know I sound like a broken record at this point, like I have this entire episode and I've spoken, but I speak for Tom, Julia, and myself when I say the Facebook group and the family that's come out of it is really the thing we are most proud of in terms of what's grown out of our show. But speaking of the show, if you want more bonus episodes, Christmas cards, enamel pins, ringtones, etc., check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash tisapodcast or www.tisapodcast.com forward slash Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you can get full-length bonus episodes of the show, which we have really done a lot of this year. So there's plenty of back content on there for you to listen to. So if you're not a patron yet, now is the time to consider joining. If you were a patron who's dropped off, now is the time to consider rejoining. There's plenty of stuff up there. So much so it's almost like a separate show running parallel to the podcast at this point. There's truly something for everyone. So check it out. All the money we receive from y'all gets recycled back into Tis a Podcast proper and helps us put out new swag and improve the quality of the show in general. There are, however, free ways to help the podcast as well, including sharing our social media pages and leaving us a review on iTunes, because every new review helps new listeners find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. So that's really important. So if you could take a few minutes out of your day to leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't already, we'd appreciate it, and we'll send you a free sticker for doing so. And if you have left us a review in the past and haven't gotten a free sticker yet, reach out to us, because obviously iTunes doesn't give us your mailing address information or anything like that. Coming up on the show this upcoming Monday, November 29th, the last Monday and last episode of November already, can you believe that? We will be dropping our episode in which we discuss the made-for-TV Disney original movie Eloise at Christmas Time. And recording that same night, we will be discussing the brand new 2021 Netflix original holiday movie Love Hard, which is nowhere near as dirty as the title suggests. The title is actually a combination of Love Actually and Die Hard, as Tom pointed out to me, which flew right over my head, but makes sense once you watch the movie. So check it out, because I think it's really cute. That episode will drop Monday, December 6th, which is crazy. We are already in December as of next week. But before that drops in your feed, however... On December 2nd, which it happens to be my grandmother's birthday, so happy birthday, Grandma. Chapter 44 of Another Christmas Story will drop in your feeds. And that chapter is entitled Away in a Manger and will be read to you by 
Yours truly, the author of this story himself, moi, Mr. Anthony Caruso, everyone's favorite New York podcaster, and everybody's favorite elf after Julia. So check it out. Like I said earlier, it's really the climax of our story. Everything's been building up to this chapter, so you don't want to miss this one. So keep your eyes on your podcast feeds because there's lots of great stuff coming up, lots of exciting stuff coming up, but that's not the most exciting news we have for you today. To reveal that, I'm going to throw it back over to Mike. Guess what? You made it. Tis officially the season, and there are only 30 days until Christmas. So I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving and get shopping. Thanks, Mike. And how exciting is that? Especially when you consider... There are only really 29 days now, because this episode was supposed to drop yesterday, so as of yesterday, there were 30 days. Now there are 29. We are under a month until the big day itself. So like Mike said, get shopping. Enjoy the season. Plan your menus, because Christmas 2021 will be here before you know it, and in the blink of an eye, it's going to be over, and we'll be counting down to Christmas 2022. So make the most of it. And once again... Thank you all for your love and support. We couldn't ask for better listeners in the world than all of you. You're truly the best, and we are so lucky we get to consider you all legitimate friends and so many of you family. Make sure to do your homework, watch Eloise at Christmas time, and love hard, and we shall speak to you again next week. Have a great long Thanksgiving weekend. We hope you had an amazing holiday with your family and friends and other loved ones. Bye, y'all. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy Oh, tidings of comfort and joy from God our Heavenly Father, a blessed angel came And unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same How that in Bethlehem was born a Son of God by name Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy Oh, tidings of comfort and joy Oh, fear not, said the angel But nothing you will fry This day is born a Savior A pure virgin bride To free all those who trust in Him From Satan's power and Perhaps. However, that doesn't make me any less real. Of course it's happening in your head, Harry. But why on earth should that mean this is not real? Salud. He's Italian, not Russian. Salud. He sarcastically toasted the angel before downing the bubbly wick... Bubbly wickwood. Ha ha ha.
Oh